3: Has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe.
4: Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, Tyson Ewing, and for Coach Lacombe tonight, Jazz ball by one to the Nets, 111 to 100. But Tyson, what a finish, man. Uh, close to Jazz, uh, Locke kept using the word flurry. I mean, outscoring the Nets forty-two to twenty-six in the fourth quarter, really making a big-time push. Uh, they were down by as many as twenty twenty, and uh, came back only to lose by one. Pretty incredible.
5: Six twenty-five remaining. One hundred one eighty-one was the score and the lead for Brooklyn. And you wow. stated before the you know before the game started, you expected this to be close. It it it, it had its moments for sure, but it did not feel close at all until no. right towards the very end. Twenty-nine to ten run for uh for the Jazz down the stretch in the final six and a half minutes. That was a remarkable, remarkable comeback, just like you stated, just a little bit short, and smart, smart play at the very end there uh, by Seth Curry. This Jazz team is just not going to go
4: away ever. I mean, Walker Kessler takes a an elbow from teammate Taylor Horton Tucker, leaves the game. At that point, you and I are watching this, and I said, oh, man, that I don't think a comeback's in the cards tonight. And they just kept playing hard, and, and Brooklyn just... I don't know if you want to say took their foot off the gas, or maybe we'll credit the Jazz defense for taking it up a next level, but Brooklyn could not score toward the end of that fourth quarter, and the Jazz uh, really did everything they could possibly to put themselves in a chance to win it. I mean, just I just hit this uh, this number, but outscoring the Nets 42-26, to 26, considering they had...
5: What uh, what was it at half? Forty two points at half is pretty remarkable. Now sometimes in the game of basketball, teams play to not lose the game, and rather than win the game. And I felt like Brooklyn kind of did that. The Jazz down the stretch once once shot clocks got late in the game. Boone spoke about this about how they would double late in the shot clock, forcing the Nets to have to make uh, to have to make tough passes. And that's really what led to some uh, to some steals late in that game, led to some tough shots for the Nets. You got to believe that all that combined allowed allowed the Jazz to even have a chance down there because for the longest time, you and I sat in this room just thinking to ourselves, okay, this game's over, there's no shot, let's just get the game over with. But they, to what you, uh, to your point, they had that fight in them and they kept going until the final buzzer, literally until that final buzzer. The
4: NBA is so funny. I mean, honestly, if you keep pouring it on and you keep playing hard and playing as a team, you're going to be in... So many games. I mean, this we talked about a lot during the pregame show. This Brooklyn Nets team is pretty good. Yes. I mean, even after getting rid of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, Bridges had 30 tonight. He's great. Uh, we talked about Cam Johnson. Dorian Finley, Finney-Smith didn't shoot the ball well tonight. He only took six shots, three of six for eight points, but great defensive player. Spencer Dinwiddie, we know what he can do. You have uh, Joe Harris coming on in off the bench. I mean, they've got some depth, although... Man, he didn't play well tonight in his five minutes. But Royce came in and off the bench and had three points. And uh, we've seen over the years what uh, what Royce O'Neal is capable of and Seth Curry. I mean, this Brooklyn Nets team is a good team. And the Jazz are extraordinarily shorthanded. Lowry did play, obviously, tonight, but... um, the Jazz shouldn't have been in this game. I guess is what I'm kind of tap dancing around. And the way it was going, and the way they were having trouble scoring the basketball, this uh, this should not have been a one point game. And not to, there are no moral victories, of course, Tyson. But pretty amazing that they made this into a one point loss.
5: You got to believe that those locker rooms are uh, completely different for the reasons we weren't expecting well especially kind of late in that fourth quarter you'd expect that coach Hardy would go into that locker room frustrated with the way that they played came out and showed but you got to believe that final six and a half minutes they went into that locker room pretty upbeat pretty positive obviously missed opportunities in the first you know roughly 42 minutes of this game and then you got to believe that Jacques Vaughn took his team into the locker room and was just extremely frustrated with their lack of focus down the stretch six and a half minutes to go they only scored 10 points allowed the Jazz to go for 29 and even have a shot I mean of course that play design with Seth uh, Seth Curry missing that shot allowed the Jazz to get the rebound it was a tough one a really tough look for Kelly Olenek but you know you guys got to believe that um, that 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 those coaches are going into the locker room for completely different reasons Jacques Vaughn could not be thrilled or pleased with uh, with the way that his team finished this game the first 42 minutes sure but but certainly not that last six minutes for the Jazz, they were led by Talon Horton Tucker. Uh thirty two points tonight for Talon, eight
4: assists, four rebounds. And you gotta love this uh note, Tyson. Only two turnovers for Talon, which man, that's a good number for him in thirty four mm-hmm. minutes. Uh twelve of twenty five from the field, three of seven from three, uh five of six at the line. We talked a little bit about this um uh, Friday night, but he's just a walking mismatch. He's tough to guard. I mean, he takes some ill-advised shots. Like, you got to take with the good, with the bad. And some, you know, you and I both look at each other on some of those shots, even the ones that go in and go, whew. Yeah. But uh, you know what? He's tough to
5: guard for any team. And, and Brooklyn's got some good defensive players, and he was really good. And, again, it just speaks to what we talked about in the last post game show on Friday about his ability to be able to just show up when he needs to. Sure, I mean, he's, he's, he's still relatively young. We forget just how young Taylor Horton really is, uh, specifically in in his development as well. So he's got plenty of time to continue to learn and grow, and that's why we talk so much about it on, on Friday, about how this is, this is a great audition for him, to be yeah. able to go out there, have 34 minutes, and and really just be that primary ball handler. Even with Laurie Market on the floor, he was the one that primarily had the ball in his hand and was you know, really controlling the offense. Had 32 points, 8 assists, like you mentioned, and... Like I mean, that big stat, I'm going to highlight that one more time, just two turnovers yep. for Talon Horton-Tucker. Again, just a huge, huge audition for him, and I think he's flourished over specifically the last five or so games. Markinen had 23 tonight
4: on 8 of 21 shooting. Didn't shoot it well from 3, 1 of 8, 6 of 6 at the line. He did grab 9 rebounds. Uh, Ochai Obaji had 19 points, 2 rebounds, had an assist, 6 of 13 shooting, 2 of 7 from 3. But one of those makes from 3 was uh, a absolute beaut that kept uh, the jazz in the game kept them alive contested and you know i continue to be impressed by him he's going to be a really good player can't believe he's a rookie
5: that was a tough shot that he hit too right in the face of the defender and to have the stones to take it with Absolutely. confidence man
4: it says a lot i think
5: yeah i think i think uh- Ochai just has, and I said it again on Friday, and I'll just kind of re-echo it. I mean, he's a six-foot-five frame. He has that NBA body. Uh, and if he can develop that three-point shot like we talked about, then I mean, obviously he's starting to develop it already. But if he can continue to develop that three-point shot, that's where I think this is a huge offseason for him. The first years in the books, he can now focus on continuing to improve. And that sophomore year could be a really special one for him. For the Nets, we mentioned Bridges and his uh, 30 points to lead
4: the way for them. Nine of 25 shooting one of eight uh, from three. Dinwiddie tonight uh, with 17 points and 12 assists. Claxton had 14. I should mention Cam Johnson uh, had 18. But it's not like the Nets tore up the Nets. If you know what I mean, uh, shooting only forty-four percent from the field and not good from three, nine of thirty-two.
5: Well, this is far and away one of the most inefficient games that uh, that Mikhail Bridges has played since becoming a New York uh, Brooklyn. Wow, a Brooklyn net, um, but. Still doing what he has to do. He, he got to the line 13 times. He, yeah, he was 11 time. of 13 from the foul line. Like you said, finished with 30 points. But his defense, again, continuing to cause problems. He had three steals as well. Um, but like I told you at the beginning, I loved that pickup for, uh, for Brooklyn when they got Cam Johnson and when they got Mikael Bridges to come in and do what they're doing. I just, I don't know. I, the production is tremendous. 48 points combined by the two of them. And, and it's, just, it's just the start. All right. That. Let's get to Coach Hardy.
6: Eight for 32 from three, uh, you know, credit to, to Brooklyn. They're switching. They do a really good job with it, a lot of like-sized defenders. Um, even when we were able to to find three-point looks, we couldn't knock them down tonight. Um, you know, I thought on the flip side, I thought that our defense was very good tonight. Um, you know, we forced them into 34 mid-range jumpers and they made 16 of them tonight they have a lot of really good players on that team but we did a good job protecting the paint um free throws earlier in the game was a little bit of an issue for us fouling um you know mikhail bridges obviously got away from us shooting 13 of them but as usual like the team hangs tough they continue to execute um, on both ends of the floor i thought late in the game they executed the double team as well they executed the stuff off the board well um late in the game you know the last one is uh is tough when a team knows you have to shoot a three um and they're switching everything it's tough to get it off but the guys went to option b and taylor got downhill which was great um and then obviously the last play you know, Lowry gets the rebound, but is sort of falling down. Um, so when he throws it to Kelly, we end up playing four on five. Uh, there was really nobody. I just watched it again. There was nobody really for Kelly to throw the ball to in that situation um, with Lowry so far behind the play. But uh, I, I loved the the competitiveness again. I thought the guys dug in, stuck with it, um, when they very easily could have folded at different times in the game. So um, really proud of them.
1: Where's Walker
6: okay? He's alive. I just saw him. Um, He'll get reevaluated tomorrow um, after getting hit in the face or the side of the head with an elbow. Um, Kind of a weird play on a rebound, but um, the docs looked at him tonight and didn't want him to come back in the game, so he'll be reevaluated tomorrow. Where did you guys
5: find the rhythm in the fourth quarter?
6: I just thought we did a better job with our spacing. Um, We tried to keep the five out of the play and play a little bit more four out. It allowed our guards to get downhill. I thought we did a good job of setting the tone early in the quarter, and it allowed us to get to the bonus with about like seven minutes left in the in the quarter. So when you get in the bonus that early, it allows you to be really aggressive offensively, um, knowing that any bump sends you to the line. So I thought that was the, the biggest change in the game. But Taylor and Chris, uh, those guys did a great job getting downhill. Uh, but I think that the change to the four out spacing helped us. Um, His execution has been tremendous. Like, he doesn't get rattled. He's able to stay focused on what he needs to do, both ends of the the floor. Um, Obviously, we drew up that catch and shoot for him, and he did a great job. I think the thing that continues to amaze me is the shots that he's getting off now, that he wasn't getting off earlier in the year. Like, that shot that he took was hard, um, but did a great job of creating some space Planted on the catch and just rose straight up and shot it over the top. Um, you know, he's showing that his mental maturity um, helps him in those moments. Like, he doesn't get frazzled when the game's tight. Uh, he's obviously played in a ton of big games in his life, none in the NBA, but in college, obviously, had a great career. So he just shows an ability to focus when the game is on the line. And, um, you know, we're going to keep trying to put him in spots to, to be really involved in the, the game.
4: All right, there you go. Jazz head coach Will Hardy and his post-game comments. The Jazz fall to the Nets tonight, one eleven to one ten. With that, we will say good night or good afternoon to our uh, network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way on Tuesday night. The Jazz will host the Lakers as the uh, season enters its final week. Tip-off. Uh, coming your way at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have uh, postgame sound for you. We'll continue to break this one down next. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball.
2: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.
3: The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame Show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe.
4: Jazz post game. Jake Scott, Tyson, Ewing in for Coach Lacombe tonight. The Jazz come up short against the Nets, 111 uh, to 110. Uh, they made it close, trailed by as many as 20 in this one, actually 20 with about six minutes left to go in the fourth quarter uh, came up just a point show, a short post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers, share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes, learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Tyson. We just heard from coach Hardy in the last segment. What
5: stood out to you? The biggest thing for me was the Walker Kessler update. Obviously that was a big one. And, uh, jazz fans are obviously going to be extremely nervous when they see Walker Kessler go down the way that he did. He got hit, um, by his own teammate on an elbow as he was, as a, Taylor horton tucker was attacking the basket got hit across the really across the chops and if you were watching the game you could see how visibly uh dis- disoriented might be the it right word dizzy. Yeah. that walker kessler was and, and 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 it was decided by the medical staff to pull him for the rest of the game and i think that's a really good decision um so i'm really interested to see specifically after um, coach hardy's comments about you know what the future will look like this next week for him um Although I got to be honest with you Jake, I wouldn't be shocked if they decide to kind of pull the plug on him for the rest of the year.
4: With by by the way, winning or losing aside, I think we are way too uh, casual about how we treat concussions. So sure. I almost would say I if he does have a concussion, god this sounds weird. I almost hope his season's over cuz right. I don't know, you know, if you get a a concussion let alone a serious concussion and you can certainly make an argument that all concussions are serious, but I don't know if a week can, uh, is enough to to really recover to the point where you, you know, you get one, you make yourself vulnerable to another. So I wonder what we're going to see with, with Walker, but yeah, I'm glad the medical staff uh, evaluated him and, and, called it a night tonight because certainly not anything to mess with
5: and he was extremely woozy I mean as he was running back up that floor I mean I think David did a great job of of explaining kind of what was going on but if you had the chance to watch it you could visibly see just how shaky he was trying to get up that floor and so all indications would believe that there definitely was some type of concussion and so if that is the case then you know let's just let's just pull the plug all right let's throw it back to Brooklyn and hear from Larry Markinen.
7: How far, how hard we fight and you just want to be out there with your teammates. So, but that's part of it. You kind of learn to try to look at some other things when you're not out there. So, I mean, I'm just happy to be back out there with the teammates. That last play, uh, Wilson, said that he
0: rewatched it. It was like kind of like you were falling after the rebound and just were trying to get the ball up. And then Brooklyn had numbers. Is that what it looked like mm-hmm. to you?
7: Yeah, that's what I felt like. Kind of reached for the rebound. I felt like I lost my balance a little bit. So I didn't want to get called to travel or I don't know if somebody was coming for, to reach the ball. So I didn't want to put it on the floor either. So I felt like I was leaning back a little bit. So I just wanted to get a, get a shot up and uh, try to get a look for the win. And just, So I figured it's more safe to kind of push it forward and get a travel or. Something. So I don't know how it looked in film, but I, I just felt like I lost balance a little bit. Lean back and
0: this. Uh, what were some of the crucial moments that stood out to you during the comeback? So what? Crucial moments that stood out to you during the comeback.
7: Uh, we we showed what the team is made of. We showed heart, and we're not going to give up. How much we were down? 20, 23 and get a shot for the win. So that's impressive. Obviously, there's no moral victories and we want to win every game uh frustrating loss but just we did what we we've been doing the whole year uh we're not going to stop fighting and uh just i think all the all the guys can be proud of the way we fought down the stretch and uh came back
1: i want to ask this is off topic but uh when you sorry when you first went to arizona What was that like for you from, you know, kind of going to America, not for the first time, obviously, but for a long time and kind of being away from your family a little bit? What was that like?
7: Uh, Oh, my man switching it up. (laughs) Uh, It was new. Uh, I lived by myself the last year of my high school back home. So I kind of wanted to get used to living alone and be more independent. So the difference when i go to arizona it's not that big i'm used to that and obviously it's a new environment and new teammates new coaching staff so it's there's obviously some like tough moments and you got to get through but i think everybody was really it was a really good place to be and everybody took care of you just whatever you needed uh like so i mean it's weather was pretty good (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was it was fun, fun year for sure. Just to I came to college, kind of see the different style of play and wanted to learn, and so it was a
1: fun year.
4: I asked, as Will
1: I told us today, that. Uh, the biggest you know one of the reasons he thinks you guys you have had a good season is because you kind of like grown as a person and not just as a player and so I'm you know do you feel that way as well that like you're just kind of in a different stage of life than you were two three four years ago
7: yeah for sure Uh, physically I feel feel the best I've ever felt Uh, I feel like I moved I'm more athletic than I've ever ever been and I mean
3: your soul. <laughs> I'm getting to it. Like okay. physici- <laughs> fi- like
7: physically I'm better player and in better shape. But that I think just as a person, just going through that and then the I've talked about the low moment, I think you I think you really try to look look in the mirror, kinda learn uh to get better and uh, of course my family really helps me kind of so mentally I feel the best too I have tough moments on the court or whatever I think I'm more able to pick it up and not give up and get down on yourself and so uh, both physically and mentally I think it's just got better
4: That is Lowry Markinon in his post-game press conference. Lowry tonight with 23 points. The Jazz come up short against the Nets, 111 to 110. Post-game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. We'll find out what Tyson uh, has to say about what we just heard from Lowry Markinen. We'll hopefully get some more player sound for you, too. Coming up next, you're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Ronnie Huff
3: score is printed, Jake Scott and the coach Tim LaCombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Oh my!
4: Jazz Postgame. Jake Scott Tyson Ewing in for Coach LaCombe tonight. The Jazz come up short. 111-110 to 110 Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru Ways campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. Tyson, we just heard from Lowry Markenen. 23 and 9 tonight for Lowry. Did not shoot the ball uh, well, however. Eight of 21, shooting one of eight for three from three. He did go to the line six times and made all six. But man, you can just. You know, good shooting, bad shooting, whatever. You can just
5: chalk up 20-plus for Lowry every night. It's pretty crazy. It seems like it's uh, nonstop. Every single game, that's what we're going to get. And that goes to what we talked about in the pregame show about having him on the floor and how exciting it is that he's having this outbreak of a season and just doing so well. And, you know, you just got to be pleased with it. Um, Speaking about what he talked about, he was asked specifically about what he felt that the, that the team was able to do and he just simply said that that is who we are we're a team we're never going to quit it doesn't matter what the score is and we have we have been able to see that evolution of this team for the last couple of years and again i don't mean to disrespect what's happened uh, what happened last year with all the late fourth quarter losses that jazz held double digit leads we obviously talked about that so much last year but this year it's been about the fight about when they get down that they have the ability to claw back and claw back and that's really larry was 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 was, was talking so heavily about the uh, really that that is the face of this team right now that they just, they just don't simply quit and they compete for 48 solid minutes. Let's get to the master of the glass
4: brought to you by safe light auto glass proud to present this year's master of the glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, safe light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader and Kelly Olenek 15 boards tonight. Tyson, Season high. Season high. Season high. <laughs> Previous high. We, of course, uh, it's fun doing the games with you because you keep an eye on all these stat uh-huh. benchmarks and all this. No, it's great because I would have had to scramble to find out that it was his season <laughs> high. So I love it. Uh, 14 coming in. He had uh, 15 tonight. One offensive rebound. Uh, Markkinen had nine. Uh, Kessler had eight. The Jazz out rebounded uh, Brooklyn 52 to 40. So beat him up pretty good on the boards. 11-7 uh, to seven, uh, offensive uh, rebounding tonight. So uh, Kelly Olynyk, it, it definitely seemed like, especially in the first half where he had 10 of those 15 rebounds, he was, uh, he was getting
5: every board to be had. Well, and you talked about it. It felt like in that fourth quarter he was sitting on that 14 number for so long, and I mentioned it to you early on, that, hey, he's tied his season high. He played the entire <laughs> fourth quarter. He only had one rebound in the entire fourth quarter. But either he got way, he, he was got able to get it because all he needed was the one. And so he goes home with a season-high 15 rebounds today. He's, he's been a good player for the Jazz this year. Um, you know, he
4: sets a tone. He stretches the floor. Uh, there's not one thing he does exceptionally well, but there's nights like tonight where you look and you go, man, 15 boards, way to go. Or if he pours in 20 points. He was even playing point center there for a minute mm-hmm. a couple of games ago. So,
5: he certainly has been the Jazz five-tool guy this year. Well, and you think back to the trade when they traded uh, Boyan, and they more or less just looked as though they were just trying to unload Boyan. And yes. We weren't really getting much in return, but, you know, we have seen Kelly Olenek, and he's one of those players, again, I think I mentioned it to you the other day with Chris Dunn, that I always thought would flourish inside the Jazz type. If, if you take him, if you put him back on the team from a couple years ago and they have that stretch, that stretch big on the floor— Oh, what could have been for that team. But uh, he's somebody who I always thought would fit well in the jazz system. And, you know, he's doing extremely well this year. Has had some great moments and uh, just got to be really pleased with what Kelly Olynyk's done.
4: Danny Ainge went and got his guy, right? You know, that Bogdanovich trade, I guess, is somewhat controversial. Maybe people thought, think the jazz could have gotten more. And I do think that they wanted to move off Bogdanovich for – a few reasons that really had nothing to do with his play on the floor. And well, that sounds nefarious. If only let me put it this way. His, his play was too good, you know, for, and they needed a big because they didn't really have a big and they weren't sure Walker Kessler, how long that was going to take. And essentially they needed a body to fill the, the position. And Bogdanovich was too good at what he did and not good enough at what they needed. And Danny Ainge went and got a, one of his guys. That was, you worded that so
5: perfectly because as I was thinking of what to possibly say about Bogdanovich, you were exactly correct that he was in this system. He was just, you know, just a little bit too good to be in this system because he can go out and put up 30 or 40 a night, not a night, but in in any given night if he needs to. We've saw plenty of flashes when he was with the Jazz before that when there were players out, he would step up to the occasion. And you, you have to believe that if he were on this team, he'd look for a shot a lot. And so you you – were, you worded that so perfectly, in my opinion.
4: I had to fix it because it made it sound like he was a <laughs> behavioral problem or something like that. That's not, not
5: what I was Absolutely trying to, not a uh, to uh, for sure.
4: imply. But you know what? I, here's my hot take of the of the postgame. No way Lowry's an all-star this year if Bogdanovich were still on the team. In fact, Bogdanovich might have led the team in scoring, very easily have led the team in scoring and uh, taken a few of those shots from Lowry. So I think... It's a think, hot
5: take, but it's a right take, in my opinion. I,
4: I think that trade worked out for him, actually, as as many people kind of like to criticize it. I actually think it was a good deal for the Jazz. Completely agree. And it we've... gets you an all-star or enables an all-star. Sure, Maybe that's a better way to put it. Again. That. You know, you worded it perfectly again. I appreciate it. Look you know? at you over there. You know, Tyson, come in here more often, that. would you? You're good for my ego. It's good. <laughs> it makes me feel good about myself. Uh, all right. We'll have more coming up right around the corner. Jazz fall tonight by one, 111 to 110 to the Nets. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some, share your own. MySubaruIs.com. More next. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball.
3: The outcome is in the books. Get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott.
4: Jazz Postgame. Jake Scott, Tyson Ewing in tonight for Coach Lacombe. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share. MarkMillerSubaru.com. Nets win. Jazz fall just a tad bit short. 111 to 110. Uh, But uh, if you did not, uh, or if you just joined us or missed the first three and a half quarters, really, of the game, the final score doesn't shock you. If you watch the whole game, you'll be a little bit surprised. Jazz down 20. Tyson with a little over six minutes to go.
5: The battle back is is pretty incredible. Well, and they were just every single time down the floor. It, it was their defense that was really surprising. This is a team that has that has allowed every single opponent this year to score over 100 points per game. Of course, that doesn't necessarily tell you the whole story, but it's just part of a story. It's showing that the defense has struggled throughout the, uh, throughout times throughout this year, and it was the defense that really held them uh, that really held Brooklyn and checked down the stretch. I mean, there was a there was a point where I was joking with you about how I believe they only had like seven points till 100 and obviously I have that stat that I continually refer to yep. and and I was saying okay let's see if they can hold them under 100 completely joking with about eight minutes to go and you stated well if they can do that then it's going to be an incredible comeback <laughs> and the Jazz would win this game and they almost did do exactly just that um, but again that defense down the stretch was just just terrific and I'm going to echo really what, uh, what Boone said down the stretch just one more time about how of course uh, kind of playing to not lose the game rather than play to win the game is, is what it felt like Brooklyn was doing down the stretch and Utah did such a great job down um, with the shot clock running down to, to double late in every single sh- late shot clock situation to force Brooklyn to have to, take, uh, d- uh, to have to take either tough shots or pass it out while heavily contested and that was really what was causing the fit so you know you got to hand it to what the Jazz did defensively down the stretch in this ball game. So check this out Tyson
4: uh, Nick Claxton made a one foot alley-oop dunk from Spencer Dinwiddie with five minutes and 50 seconds to go uh, to put the Nets up one Oh three to 84. The Nets did not make another field goal. Let me make sure I've got this right. Uh, Till one minute and 21 seconds left to go in the game where Spencer Dinwiddie made an 11 foot jump shot and the Nets were up one Oh five to 99. And then they did not make another field goal. Until 27 seconds left to go in the game when Mikhail Bridges uh, made a, a two pointer to make it 108 to 103. Everything else in that stretch for Brooklyn came on foul shots, and it really wasn't that much. So. They basically
5: made two field goals in the last six minutes of the game, and thus the Jazz almost had a chance. And that just echoes to what I was just saying. The defense was terrific down the stretch. you know. And and, and again, I think the Jazz do have that kind of second gear whenever they realize that there's still a shot, that they are able to clamp down defensively. I kind of wish that we would see that a little bit more um, from this team with, with with clearly showing that they can defend at a high level. Wish it could have occurred a little bit earlier, but nonetheless, you know, you got to be pleased with the Jazz defense down the stretch. For
4: and sure. no Walker Kessler during that right, stretch. Right, exactly. So pretty impressive to do that without, you know, arguably their best defensive player, certainly their most impactful defensive player. And they did it by uh, playing great on-the-ball defense.
5: And then Talon Horton-Tucker offensively was the one that was leading the charge. Yep. 15 fourth-quarter points for Talen Horton-Tucker. And again, we've talked so heavily about him, about how he's trying to increase in his role. And we're seeing great production from him. Really just game in and game out. And this one's no different. 15 fourth-quarter points and, and really showing what he can do. Five yep. of seven. One for one from three. Also four of four from the foul line. But fourth-quarter Talon Horton-Tucker. Wow.
4: Honestly, if, if Talon weren't so brutal in the third quarter, he would have had another one of those THT games like, uh, uh, like the Charlotte game. And then what San Antonio? Yeah. Uh, last week we might be talking about him going for 40 again, Yes, uh, but he struggled in the third quarter, Understand. then more than made up for it in the fourth finished tonight with 32 points on 12, of 25 shooting three of seven from three. He also added, uh, eight assists, four rebounds and only two turnovers as he continues to just be terrific. We talked to Mike Smith about it in the pregame. You know, Talon is, is trying to take advantage of, of an opportunity and he is, I mean, he looks great. I don't know if any other point in his career uh, teams are going to be giving him 25 shots a night, but with this shorthanded jazz
5: team, you know, they need somebody to go out there and shoot, and obviously he's more than happy to. And you got to believe that where would the offensive production come from is it, well, it, if it's not coming from Taylor Horton Tucker? Because right now, you look down this roster and you're like, I don't really know where it would be coming from. Ochai, obviously, with 19 points tonight. But really, who else could provide that type of spark yeah. that Talen, Horton Tucker has provided? But to your point, 0 for 7 in that third quarter yeah. and completely flipped it around with that 5 for 7 in the fourth. So you were exactly correct when talking about that, quote, brutal – Third quarter stretch. Get rid of that third. And it was another classic game from
4: Talon. But, you know, he was great tonight. We we shouldn't even Absolutely. hold the third quarter against him for sure. Let's check out the Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. Jast and I 22 of 30. From the uh, charity stripes, 73% led by let see here. Uh, Lowry Markin and he was six of six. Talon Horton Tucker was five of six. The Nets were 26 of 34, percent Most of those taken by Mikhail Bridges, who was uh, 11 of 13. And you know what? Good players go to the line, and Bridges did not shoot the ball well tonight, 1 of 8 from 3, 9 of 25 from the floor, but you can make up for a lot of those points by going to the line, 30 total points tonight, and as we mentioned, 11 of 13 at the line.
5: That just goes to show that he wasn't, in my opinion, well-utilized the way that he should have been in Phoenix, of course, when you, when you have the Devin Booker, when you have the Chris Paul, then you're not really going to be able to have the ball much in your hands, excuse me. <clears throat> uh, but in this case, you know, he's able to step into this Brooklyn Nets team and really be asked to be that big time offensive production player. And he is just absolutely flourishing. And like you said, nine of 25, not great, one of eight from three. But his ability to get to the free throw line is something we did not see when he was with Phoenix. And so really flourishing in his role with Brooklyn. He's got the ball in his hands. Yes. Yeah, when when Booker and Chris Paul are yo-yoing it
4: for three quarters of the game, you know, you become a little bit of a different player. He gets to be involved and, and gets to be the guy. Uh let's uh check out the three-point takeover brought to you by Pura, the possibility of Scent, the Jazz from three tonight. Not one of their better uh three-point shooting nights. Eight of thirty-two, just twenty-five percent the nets. Nine of thirty-two for 28%, usually the Nets a much better three-point shooting team than that. That could have been part of their problem, letting the Jazz back in it, but usually they take more than 32,
5: so maybe we credit the Jazz defense again. Again, yeah, absolutely. They were doing great closing out shooters, and uh, really much, much better once they switched out of the zone. Once they switched out of that zone, it felt as though they were able to collapse on the shooters much better, but it was in that first half when Brooklyn kind of created some space from the Jazz early going. They were they were playing that zone defense, and clearly it did not work very well at all, so that switch happened and it felt as though the defense was much, much better. Post
4: game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru in the "My Is" campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruWiz.com. Jazz fall by one to the Nets, 111 to 110. We'll get your play of the game coming up next. We'll wrap this one up straight ahead. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball.
3: Running hook. Blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! 110 105 here. Jazz need a three. Alenix inbounding in front of the Jazz bench. Marketing comes to the ball. Alenix can't get it to him. Instead, it's a Baji. Left corner three. Good! 11.6 seconds left. Jazz within two. They fouled Dinwiddie. Boy, Will Hardy is so good at time and score.
4: That was a play of the game. That was a terrific shot uh, from Ochai. Your play of the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service sales and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jazz come up a little short tonight, 111-110 against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Jake Scott Tyson Ewing with you, filling in for Coach Lacombe. Uh, tonight. We appreciate uh, Tyson doing that. Um, if you're just joining us, Tyson, just go over the stats uh, real quick. If we get some uh, new listeners here on a Sunday afternoon going into evening. 32 <laughs> points from Talon Horton Tucker to, uh, to lead the way for the Jazz. 12 of 25 shooting, 3 of 7 from 3. 8 assists and 4 rebounds. Larry Markkinen tonight, 23 points, 9 rebounds. He was 8 of 21 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3. Ochai uh, had 19, including that big three uh, that you heard right there from the play of the game. Chris Dunn with another solid effort coming in off the bench with 13. For Brooklyn, they got 30 uh, from Mikhail Bridges. They got 18 from Cam Johnson. Spencer Dinwiddie was 17. Nick Claxton uh, had 14. Uh, but really, the story of this one, Tyson, where the Jazz were, this thing was over and done with. And uh, they just came roaring back in the fourth quarter, didn't get out, give up, played big defense, hit some big shots.
5: It's almost a shame that they came up just short. Well, speaking to your point exactly, this game felt like it was double digits the entire way, and it really was as you kind of look at the score throughout the entire game, really ever since towards the end of the first quarter when um, – when the Nets were able to create a little bit of space, thanks to the uh, big-time three-point shots by Dinwiddie and Miles Bridges, towards the end of that second uh, first quarter, excuse me, and then it was double-figure uh, a double-figure lead pretty much the entire way up until this, the final stretch. When we've talked about it already so very much in the post-game show, a six and a half minutes to go, Utah trailed by twenty points, and it was a twenty-nine to ten run in favor of the Jazz down the stretch to. Lose by just one. They had an opportunity. Kelly Olynyk's shot at the buzzer came just a little bit long. It was a tough shot at that. Smart play by Seth Curry to miss that second free throw with Jazz not having any timeouts left. But again, you got to hand it to what the Jazz did down the stretch. Their defense was epic down the stretch, and uh, just came up a little bit short. Maybe if they would have started that run just a little bit earlier, things could have played just uh, things could have played out just a little bit differently. Seth Curry just 17 minutes tonight. I'm surprised they don't play him more. It's certainly confusing as I really look at the minutes from this roster too like Joe Harris only had 5 minutes himself. I don't get so it. Yeah. so Seth Curry, Joe Harris, only playing a combined 22 minutes, great shooters on the floor? Yeah, I completely they're, they're agree with you. They're paying
4: Joe Harris a lot of yes, dough to, pay,
5: to play 5 minutes. I want his contract. I want I want his job. Just shoot threes a lot and only play 5 minutes a game, I'll take it.
4: Uh, absolutely. Take a nap on the sidelines, you know? Like uh here, hold on. I want to look at exactly how much Joe is making because it, it will everybody will just be blown away. Here, hold on.
5: Seth Curry, seventeen minutes. But again, just the seven points. Oh for two from the free throw line. Yeah, about that. By oh, the way, two. Joe
4: Joe's making eighteen six this year and nineteen ninety next year to to essentially do nothing. So I thought, yeah.
5: he uh he definitely owes his agent a lot of money. Oh yeah, get <laughs> get that agent a bonus.
4: Yeah, there's no no doubt about that. I'm 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 with you. I'm surprised they're not using him more, and I'm surprised they're not using Seth Curry a little bit more. You think get a shooter like that on the floor as much as you can, realizing he's not quite as dynamic as his brother, nor is he quite as big. So sure. I get that it's a little bit different, but yeah, you think they could uh use that dude a little bit more. I don't know how I feel about Brooklyn honestly coming going into the playoffs. I think I felt better about him
5: before the game than after. I see. And how about this? Would you have felt better with uh, with it at the six and a half minute mark if the game were to end at that six and a half minute mark? See, I
4: don't know. They didn't play a great game, though. You know, even when they were were up 20. Did you ever really think like,
5: man, they're clicking? Because I really didn't. It definitely didn't feel like it, but to what you know, Locke was saying throughout the game, if they could pick a specific opponent to play in the playoffs, they want to play Philadelphia because they can outrun Philadelphia. So it's their speed that could potentially give Philadelphia some fits. I don't know if they can really compete against Joel Embiid, but it's their speed that they believe they have a little bit of an extra advantage going into a potential series matchup against the Sixers.
4: I think the Sixers are vulnerable. I don't know if I'd pick the Nets in that series I wouldn't I know I don't think I'd be that bold but I don't think the Sixers are the perfect team I don't think the Sixers are coming out of the east I don't think they're as good as Boston or Milwaukee but I would bet they beat this this Nets team is small I mean Claxton I I like Claxton but he's still only I mean Booner was talking about this right no his Claxton is still only 5'11 not a big man I think it's 6'11. He's a big man. Or what did I say? 5'11. Le- mm-hmm. 6'11. like, Excuse man, me. that would be yeah, a no, really no, no, small no. big man. It's Sunday.
5: I get it. Excuse me. I 6'11. <clears throat>
4: yeah, 5'11. That'd be big. For, for yeah, a, for a second, I'm like, wait a second. That'd be big for a junior high team. <laughs>
5: Maybe Speedy Claxton. Maybe that's what you were Maybe thinking of. Maybe that's
4: what I was thinking of. Legend. I speedy got you. Claxton. I appreciate that. Because
5: we were just talking about the Sixers, weren't we? So, yeah, we were. Yeah, I got so there you. there you
4: go. We're on the same vibe. <laughs>
5: <laughs> All right.
4: The Jazz come up short. 111 to 110. Uh, let's get a few final thoughts from you on uh, on this one, Tyson, before we, we turn the page.
5: Well, again, obviously having Laurie Markin back on the floor was great for the Jazz. It's always great when you get your all-star back. Uh, Kelly Olenek with a, a season-high 15 rebounds was great to see that as well. And Taylor Horton-Tucker can... Continuing to do what he's do, uh, what he has been doing lately over his last two games. Now averaging thirty four and a half points per game while shooting fifty three percent from the floor. So obviously that's a really really good sign. Only two turnovers tonight. Again, just continuing to build towards what could potentially be a really good audition for him. Maybe if it's not for the Jazz. For another team, even still, great audition for Taylor Horton Tucker. And uh, great comeback, great fight by the Jazz down the stretch. And I was just, again, super impressed and pleased with the defensive effort we saw, all without Walker Kessler. Yep. Hopefully he will be okay. Um, but, you know, to re-echo what we talked about earlier, hopefully Walker Kessler, if it is indeed um, those symptoms, hopefully... We don't see him the rest of the year. (laughs)
4: Yeah. Yeah. I
5: hope it wasn't a full-blown concussion. But the way he responded, I'm I'm
4: guessing it probably was. So, speedy recovery for Walker. hope he's doing all right. Uh, Big thanks to everybody who helped out with the broadcast tonight. Of course, David Locke and Ron Boone. Fine work from them, as usual. Thanks to our broadcast assistant. Thanks to Jamil Hawkins executive producer of the Jazz Broadcast. Appreciate you, Jamil. Uh, thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the post-game show, the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes, learn more, and share. MarkMillerSubaru.com. And Tyson Ewing. Hey, Tyson, we can't thank you enough for, uh, for filling in. These past couple of games have been
5: an absolute blast. Great job. Great job, thought uh, we had some fun shows. well, I feel like I need to give a big thank you to you as well um, for allowing me to come on and make it seem relatively seamless, hopefully, but also a big shout out to you know uh, jazz broadcast management for putting their trust in me and allowing me to come on and And join you for a couple games. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's do it again. I would like that. Let's do it
4: again. That sounds great. All right. 111 to 110 is your final. Next up for the Jazz, they take on the Lakers on Tuesday night at Vivint Arena. Tip-off will be at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. You have been listening to Utah Jazz Basketball.
1: A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today